Blog Talk Radio. Second attempt at the 571st edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. As once again, I will attempt to interview these amateur sides who have qualified for the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. The chat room is open. Come on in, discuss amongst yourselves if you like. If you have a question for me, I'll try to answer it to the best of my ability. Um, some news came out today that uh, I believe has been very, very interesting to see and very interesting to discuss as the continuation of the big names continue to leave the U.S. Soccer Federation and now the cupboard is becoming very empty and barren as the sporting director Ernie Stewart will be leaving of next month as he will now join in the Dutch League in the Eredivisie PSV Eindhoven and joining their front office. So that means we have no more general manager in Brian McBride who has also decided to leave U.S. soccer. No more Dan Flynn. No more Jay Burhalter. No more Ernie Stewart. Greg Burhalter. Still without a contract. Still the investigation is ongoing. And currently on the outside looking in. And U.S. Soccer Pre- Madam President Cindy Parlocone still says that Greg Berhalter is an active candidate to return as the head coach of the U.S. men's national team. And in my opinion, this has been just the biggest detriment for this program since... Our men's national team did not qualify for the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia. The biggest failure in the history of this sport in the modern era. And we are seeing the so-called brainchild of bringing in a sporting director, a general manager replacing the old guard with the new guard, and now the new guard is gone. Sure, we have equal pay for both the U.S. men's and U.S. women's national teams. Great job. But what does that say about the product on the field? But at the same time, 
What does that say about the management of U.S. soccer? Forget the Board of Governors for just a moment and forget the Athletes Council as well because right now it's a rudderless ship. To have the proper running our governing body for the sport here in the United States, it is, in my opinion, the biggest sham right now in world football. And, you know, this is a tweet that was just posted on uh, by Alexi Lalas of Fox Sports, which was done six hours ago. And he says currently, the U.S. men's national team currently has no sporting director overseeing U.S. men's women's national team programs, no general manager overseeing U.S. men's national team, and no U.S. men's national team coach. We're 114 days from under-20 Men's World Cup, 141 days from Gold Cup, 175 days from the Women's World Cup, 547 days from the Olympics, and 1,229 days for the FIFA World Cup in 2026. Now, do I believe these positions will be filled? I believe so. But the truth of the matter is this. Does the men's national team and the women's national team really need a general manager? Do we really need a sporting director to oversee everything with the U.S. men's national team and the U.S. women's national team? Isn't that the job of the president of U.S. soccer to handle these duties, paid or not title, supposed to be the person? that oversees everything and runs a tight ship. Isn't that supposed to be Cindy Parlocone? Which was Sunil Gulati? Which was Alan I. Rothenberg so many years ago, Carlos Codero until he was shamed out of that position? Isn't it supposed to be the president that oversees everything? Are we supposed to be a federation or are we supposed to be a club side acting like an acting like an international team or supposedly an international team acting like a club side? We have a crisis on our hands. Forget about last night's match against Serbia for a moment because that's not the player's fault. That is not the player's fault for what is going on with U.S. soccer. Anthony Hudson at the moment, interim, interim head coach, until the whole situation with Greg Berhalter gets officially over and done with. Will he be back? I personally believe he should not be back. But you never know with U.S. soccer because – they could just say, you know what, we'll bring him back and they could lose all their sponsors. And if he does come back, what does that mean for Giovanni Reina rejoining this national team? There are so many questions right now. We don't know what goes on in that board of governors at U.S. soccer 
who are the true, the true leaders of our federation. Because the president right now is just a dummy on the inside of the window at the, at the department store on display. And listen, this is nothing against Cindy Parlocone. I bet she is a wonderful person. I bet she has done a great job. But in reality, this situation, it's not a good look. And personally, I, I don't, outside of the equal pay situation, which she has done a great job with, outside of that, what else has she done? I'm sorry. Social media and equal rights movements are nice and fine and dandy. But we're talking about our national team programs, and we're talking about the governing body of the sport in the United States. And this is where the questions have to be asked, real questions. This is where we are sharpening our index fingers, pointing everything at their feet and at their chest and at their face. What in the hell is going on? You know, there are tons of criticism that has come towards U.S. soccer's way. Some are undeserved. Some are. In these recent moments and recent events, I'm sorry, I, I just don't think they've done the job. Personally believe the Greg Berhalter, who has done some good things, but sadly, the negatives outweigh the good. Sure. We've beaten Mexico twice to win the inaugural CONCACAF Nations League championship and the last Gold Cup title. And we've beaten them in World Cup qualifying for Qatar, in Cincinnati. Should have beaten them at the Azteca, but got a point out of it anyway. And it was still a massive result. The selection of the next head coach is crucial for the U.S. men's national team. But I fear that their incompetence will not bring in the best candidate to replace Greg Berhalter. And even if there is a negative, at the end of the investigation, and that many are going to say, well, we don't see Greg Berhalter returning. Ten to one, he's going to return. You know, Anthony Hudson right now is interim. It's a temporary thing. I still think the 4-3-3 and the way it's been set up, I think it's not a solid um, tactic and formation because of what Greg Berhalter has done. I still believe it's a 4-4-2 national team side, and that's what it should be. 
And all I can say is, this program, this national team, this is a situation, this is the situation, governing body of the sport in this country. Really, really needs to figure it out and figure it out quick or else we're just not going to do anything good on the back end. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to waste any more time of, uh, for this gentleman because I'm going to give him that second opportunity because he deserves it. And once again, uh, apologies for the technical issues I had on Tuesday, but once again, uh, very happy to have on Mr. Jeff Thompson from UDA Soccer Academy uh, from La Cruces, New Mexico, as he joins us right now, Jeff Thompson, as their senior side qualified for the U.S. Open Cup, and we'll see what happens once the draw is announced. Jeff, welcome back. Uh, I'm going to have to make you do it all over again. I hope you don't mind, but uh, welcome back to the show again, and I'm very happy you've joined me. Well, hi, Daniel. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry that uh, everything went south the other night, but, um, you know, I'm certainly happy to have a chance to come back and, and talk with you and talk about UDA. Absolutely. So once again, unfortunately, but actually fortunately, because I really want to highlight the club as always, uh, how did UDA become an amateur side, an, uh, an academy as well, and why does it have its English roots to be a part of this? Yeah, so, um, you know, UDA actually, it's, a, it's an acronym for University Degrees Abroad, and um, my business partner and I launched uh, this endeavor in 2018. Um, his name is Brian Haley, and he was uh, about 26 years the head men's soccer coach at Heidelberg University in Tiffin, Ohio. Um, Brian originally from Leeds, England. Uh, his his first question, I think, probably when he got his job at, at Tiffin was, um, "How come we only play ten mo- or ten weeks out of the year?" <laughs> you know, and he, he just couldn't he just couldn't fathom that that college soccer in the U.S. that that was the length of time really that uh, you know kids played and trained at that level. Um, so in, in 2010, he, he launched his first endeavor of, of this sort um, in Leeds, England. And that's how I came, uh, became involved with him. I had a son that was a good player, had a chance to play at the university level. Um, I, I just knew there had to be something else out there. So I got connected with Brian. Um, you know, a couple years later, uh, we, we decided to start this, this other endeavor called University Degrees Abroad. And our first, uh, our first go was at the University of Chester in uh, Chester, England, which is just south of Manchester. And um, I think we're in our fifth year now with, with that program. We've got 50 uh, uh, American lads. Actually, they're all from the U.S. that are playing in that, that academy. And then we just kind of figured that ultimately somebody would bring this same idea to the U.S. And so um, I live in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I've been here a long time. Actually came here as a women's basketball coach at New Mexico State, and um, but had trans- transitioned into a different career path, but got into soccer again, like I said, because of my children, specifically my son. 
New Mexico State ticked a lot of boxes when it came to opening a program uh, in the U.S. like our one in in um, England. And you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, it's it's beautiful weather here. 365 days out of the year, we have probably you know 340 days of sunshine. Um, great university at New Mexico State. They've been a valued partner of ours. Um, they didn't have a men's program. That was another uh, big. Uh, you know, kind of box that it ticked. And then the fact that, you know, football is, is huge. I, I mean, I live 30 miles away from a country that uh, it's their national sport. And so you just get that spillover naturally into the, uh, into the environment here. And, and like I said, just some, some tremendously good talented players in this, uh, in this region. Um and so, yeah, that's how it all came about, and we're very excited. We've had some really, really good success early on, and um, uh, and so here we are on the on the precipice of actually getting to play in the U.S. Open Cup. Absolutely, and that is wonderful to hear. That is absolutely fantastic to see your side going into uh, the qualification rounds and qualifying for the Open Cup. This is probably uh, one of the best moments we've seen. Now, obviously, New Mexico United and USL has really grabbed the bull by the horns uh, in the professional ranks of American soccer. And to see yourself qualifying for this tournament and being along with New Mexico United, how proud are you to represent the state of New Mexico, and especially in Las Cruces. I don't know how far it is from Albuquerque, but obviously everyone must be buzzing because your club is going to represent your town as well as the entire state. No, most certainly. And, um, you know, to be fair, we're, we're about three hours south of uh of albuquerque and um just 45 minutes north of el paso so we're right in between between uh, new mexico united and el paso locomotive um the uh the fever within the within the area has been has been great um what i like to what i like to have it where everybody was buzzing absolutely i'm not going to say it's there yet we're still a little bit of a new entity but um the fact that we've got I think we've got 15 New Mexico kids on our roster. We've got another five or six from El Paso. We've got five kids from Mexico that are on our roster. And again, all these kids are full-time students at New Mexico State. So we have to we always have to kind of keep that in mind that uh, they're here for a reason and that's the academic component, but having that soccer um, outlet and that soccer vehicle is really what has driven them to get them here. And again, we've just just some tremendous talent from you know certainly this this local region. And both United and and Locomotive have been brilliant in their support of what we're doing. Absolutely. Um, and let me also ask you this, and we will get into uh, all of your matches involving. Uh, the qualification round. Um, what has uh, your friend who comes from Leeds? Uh, what has he said to you when he found, when when you informed him that you've qualified, or was he actually at that final match to find out that 
winning that one, you've qualified for the Open Cup. What does that mean to him? And uh, obviously, we already know what it means for you, but what did it mean for your friend from Leeds? Yeah, so for Brian, it was uh, it was a little bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. Um, uh, neither neither him or I were in Denver. We, um, you know, thankfully the Open Cup, um, you know, they did they did cover some of our expenses to get up there, but we just sent our our eighteen players and our two our two coaches. And um, plus the fact that it was only going to, I think the high that day was going to be 36 degrees. Um, and I think it was 60 in Las Cruces. So I think I made the better choice to stay and actually watch it <laughs> that way. Um, but after the way it, it all played out and, you know, the, the Azteca group in, in Denver, they were brilliant um, from just a, just the, the, I guess the way that they handled the whole game. And um, after the game, my, my coaches said that, you know, hey, the, the fans and the staff and the players for Azteca, they were brilliant. Um, for Brian, I think, you know, having lived through all those opportunities as a, as, a, as a young player in England to have that chance to qualify for the FA Cup, he could certainly relate that to being able to qualify for the U.S. Open Cup, you know, getting out of that um, kind of those qualifying rounds like you go through in England, you know, mm-hmm. just never happened for him as a player. So seeing this with our club and him obviously being the, the principal owner of it, you know, it, it was it was certainly very rewarding for him. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, your matches here. Now, you got that first round by, so you avoided the month of September. But in October, you took on uh, at home against Coronado Athletic, and it was a 4-0 victory in the second round in October. That must have been a big win for you. Yeah, it's um, so a little backstory. We, we do play in the UPSL. And our very first season in UPSL, we played that in that Arizona division. We've since uh, transitioned into a Texas, New Mexico, West Texas, New Mexico division. Um, so we were pretty familiar with, with the teams that, that were coming out of that. And we knew that with, with the Coronado Club, they were new. Um, and so I think when they when they had to travel out here for them to come that you know maybe that distance uh, we just caught them on a great day and we clicked and um, yeah it was a it was a good victory and and it certainly caught a lot of buzz within the community at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, third round uh, you hosted Olympians FC and that was a three-one victory in November. Um, you know I, I would say a, a, a solid performance. From uh, your kids out there, uh, you know, look, Olympians was able to get one on you, but still, though, 3-1 is nothing to sneeze at. And the, from that match, you advanced to the final round in December. But what was that match like for you in November? Ooh, well, I, yeah, yeah, that match against Olympians, um, again, we had, we had played them a couple times in that Arizona division. And um, they were in a bit of a rebuilding at that point, but you know now I, I don't know if you're aware they're in the final four uh, for the UPSL spring season. Um, so they've had a great run, and so getting them out here on on our pitch. Um, to to be honest, we were down one nil going into about ten minutes left in that match, and we were down a man, um, got an equalizer uh, to 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 get it into overtime. 
And then um, actually, I think we went through the first overtime period without any any scores, and then we scored two in the second uh, in the second overtime period to come away with the victory. So um, it was a it was a tense match as can be sometimes in, in this area, and and so coming away with a the victory there that really kind of I think gave our guys that that confidence that you know hey. Well, you know, we're on to something, and, and we think we could take this a little bit further. Absolutely. And uh, your final round in December, uh, you took on Azteca FC, and I, I don't know if, how familiar you are with um, clubs in uh, the state of Colorado, but Azteca FC, one of the top sides in the state of Colorado uh, that was a hell of a battle. You got scoreless straw written all over it from regulation and extra time. And you defeated them in penalties 4-1. That must have been a hell of a battle for your team and for your kids to take on one of the top amateur sides in the state of, Col- in the state of Colorado. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, the, it, was, it was kind of that same scenario, Daniel, to be fair, is that, is that we go down a man again. And, um, you know, we have to get a, a late equalizer to get it into overtime. We go down in overtime uh, in the first period, draw back even again, go down in the second period, draw back even at, just to get it to PKs. And, um, yeah, I, you know, we read everything we could possibly find about Aztecas and knew that, they, you know, they're very, very good. And they've been in this uh, – you know they've been in that position a number of times to you know to qualify for the for the tournament and so um we're very fortunate we have we have a full-time coaching staff and so they do a wonderful job of you know kind of breaking down teams and looking to see where we can capitalize with what we have and um but to be fair i think by the time we would go a man down and and everything's going it was just kind of uh you know just a lot of grit on our players to, to get to that point. And then Mario Castillo, um, who actually came out of the, the El Paso locomotive youth system, you know, just stepped up big for us in, in the, in the shootout. Um, I yeah, bet he just, did. Yeah. <laughs> just crazy that, uh, you know, to get, to, and, and from what, from, you know, on his first block, he actually got the block uh, on a guy that had taken a PK against him in regular time. Um, he gets the block. They call him off the line. And so he's, you know, he's lining up again and gets it again. So, yeah, that was just a great way to start it. And then we, uh, you know, we hit all four of ours and then he got another block in there and that was it. Absolutely. And that's wonderful to hear. And of course, you probably headed off to the local, uh, I don't know what's over in New Mexico, but I would have guessed maybe the local Applebee's <laughs> or the local Friday's or something like that There's over some... there on the West Coast. Or maybe it's In-N-Out Burger uh, to celebrate this, uh, this victory. <laughs> well, I tell you, we've got some, we've got some, really, good, uh, we've got some really good brew pubs. And I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I think we, uh, uh, we supported them very well that night. That's for sure. I bet it was. So, obviously, the first round draw has not been announced yet, but um, who would you like to see uh, 
who would you face in the first round, whether it comes from the NPSL or USL League 2? I don't think those clubs have been officially announced yet. But, I mean, who would you like to face off in the opening round when we get to it in March? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's funny, of course, as coaches and owners and managers, we all kind of predict, okay, let's look to see how it played out last year. And um, it, it, it kind of looks like, uh, you know, we, we have maybe one of three options that we could face up against. One, I think, is could possibly, uh, you know, a team out of Park City, Utah. I think they have a, a USL2 team, uh, the Red Wolves. Um, I think Las Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas Lights could be a, a possibility. And then, um, you know, just kind of looking at where Aztecas went last year, I think they ended up in Tulsa. Um, during our run in the UPSL into the, into the final eight teams, uh, we had to go out to uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. And so um, that, was a, that was a long bus ride, I'm not going to lie. And, uh, but, you know, went on the road, got out there, took a, took a one nil victory. And, and so that got us into the round of eight. And, um, Mm -hmm. so I think our guys are, I think our guys are pretty used to, you know, having to go and and perform and, and play on the road. Um, so really, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, to be fair, doesn't really matter where they send us. I think we'll just tee it up and, and give it our best. All right. Well, listen, Jeff, thank you very much for making this second trip. I appreciate it. And good luck with UDA soccer in the first round draw once that's announced. Have a good night and good luck. Well, thanks, Daniel. Um, you know, we're, we're so happy to have, you know, we've, we've gotten a lot of fans throughout the country because of this. And, and hopefully we could have a conversation maybe after we, maybe we nick one in the first round. All right, we'll see what happens. Have a good night, Jeff, and thank you once again, and good luck. All right, Daniel, thank you. Bye now. Thank Bye-bye now. That's Jeff Thompson, UDA Soccer out of La Cruces, New Mexico, as they are going to the opening round draw, which will be announced hopefully sometime soon. My next guest right now, coming from the state of Tennessee, this is Mr. Gift Nadam, who runs Keenan United FC over in the state of Tennessee. Gift, good evening. Welcome to the show, and thank you for your time, sir. Congratulations as your club is going to the Open Cup first round draw for the 2023 edition. Good evening, Daniel, and thank you for having me tonight. Thank you. Thank you. So please tell uh, the audience, uh, for those of us that are not from uh, – the Tennessee State Soccer Association, or for those that are familiar with Beeman United, how did they get started, and um, how popular of a club has it been ever since it got underway inside the state of Tennessee? Yeah, um, so we've been on the scene now, um, what would be a year come uh, February uh, of this year, so we are fairly new. Um, we started our first season in the spring of 2022 in the UPSL, and we lost at the national championship. And then we returned um, in the fall that just wrapped up, and our journey ended uh, in the round of 16. We just started an academy about four and a half, five months ago, back in the fall of 2022, uh, and our academy has grown to, uh, I believe, we have eight teams now 
two teams onto high school, so we're down to six teams uh, for this spring. So uh, brand new, exciting club, uh, great folks to get to work with here out of Nashville, Tennessee. Now, obviously, for those of us that are not aware about the setup with Tennessee State soccer, how competitive is it over there uh, in your part of the state, and I guess statewide as well? What makes uh, Tennessee such a viable area uh, for competitive soccer within the uh, your area as well as the entire state? Yeah, I mean, so we are in Metro Nashville. Um, it, it's that's a that's a tough question to answer because you kind of have to look back a little bit to to try to answer that question. Uh, I think in years past you've had different MPSL PDL teams that have gone far, but probably not anything that's gone as far as we've gone uh, so far from an amateur ranks. Um, so it's it, it's a tough question. I I don't have the data in front of me to be able to say how good Nashville is in comparison. Uh, to to the region, but I can tell you that the folks here at Music City, uh, we love our sports, and we love to compete, and we compete hard. And I bet you do, and of course, this was probably uh, a big run for the club, Uh, and I believe the club has qualified for the Open Cup in the past, I believe. Is that true? No, this is our first time ever. We've only been around for about eight and a half, nine months now. Um, this is our oh, wow. this past fall was our, oh yeah, this is this past fall was our first um, go at the U.S. Open Cup and first time, and we qualified. Uh, we met some great opponents along the way, but uh, thanks be to God, we are here in Open Cup proper. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and talk about those matches. And obviously you had a first round bye, so you avoided the September qualification round. And we go into October. In the second round, it was a road match at Bowling Green FC, and it was a 3-1 victory for your side. How difficult was Bowling Green for Beeman? Yeah, no, Bowling Green, they're, they're a great organization. Uh, we went up to Bowling Green, played them at their home field, uh, the pit they're known for. Um, great game. Um, it's we 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 play in the same conference in the UPSL, so we're we're really familiar with each other. Um, so uh, I think both teams started out um, a bit more respectful, reserved, if I can call it that. Um, we're known for for playing what I've defined as the expensive style of soccer, which is we like to play at the back, we like to to keep the ball, we like to entertain our fans um, with keeping possession. So. Um, Bowling Green do what they usually do against us. They stop back um, and lose a counter. So, um, yeah, it was a good game. Uh, we, we scored three and then gave up one late uh, in the second half. But overall, Bowling Green is a great side, and we'll be seeing them again in, um, in the regular season here in the UPSL. Absolutely. And I got to say, this one was, was a barn burner in the November qualifiers for the third round. Uh, taking on amateur sides, Kalanji Pro Profile from Georgia, my goodness, you went on an eight-goal scoring spree between both sides in regulation and extra time, and then you advanced through penalties, making it 4-3 in favor of Beeman. That must have been uh, the biggest round of fireworks you've probably ever seen. And you as a coach, I believe you're coaching the side, what does that mean for you when you watch a, a match like that? Probably not as great as probably the fans were uh, watching all these goals being scored in both nets. <laughs> you said it best, friend. 
Um, yeah, you know, to, to go on the road uh, against a very tough, physical, uh, dominant presence as Kalonji Pro, um, for me personally, it was really good um, for me to coach against uh, some of the guys that I played with uh, back in the day when I played, when I used to have hair. Um, but, uh, you know, to see some of those guys again and to play against those guys um, or to coach against those guys was fun. Uh, they were a very um, different side than any other side that we've met so far. They were very physical, very aggressive. They could possess, but they could also hit you on the counter uh, with their technical ability uh, on the wings. They were very, very dynamic. Um, and I think when we gave them the first two goals in the first, what was, 10, 15 minutes or so, say, well, we haven't been here before, so this, this should be fun. <laughs> so they were, they were a really fun side to, to play against. I bet they were, and I gotta tell you, you know, we always love these goal, these these big big game goals, especially in uh, single elimination uh, cup competition matches. And boy, uh, this one definitely did not disappoint. And what also did not disappoint was the final round match in December, as you took on one of the toughest amateur clubs in Texas, just outside of Dallas, and defeaters kicks. Uh, thankfully, not in penalties, 3-3 after regulation, but you got that match winner in extra time, 4-3 to defeat a very difficult opponent, and they come at you really, really hard. They qualified for the Open Cup last year. Uh, what was that like against another tough, hard-nosed opponent from a different state, uh, especially from Texas? Yeah, um, we we intentionally knowing ahead of time that we were going to be applying and going into um, to the Open Cup. We went to the the Amateur Cup, Regional Three Amateur Cup that went that took place um, back in the summer, um, in in the hopes of getting a, a feel for what those Texas teams are like. Uh, because if you look at the history, those once you get into this round that fourth round, it would be someone outside of that bracket. So we wanted to get a taste of what that looked like. Um, we ended up winning the Amateur Cup uh, in the summer, um, and that gave us a good flair of what Texas football looks like. It's one thing for me to play against teams when I played uh, from that region. It's another thing to coach against um, teams from that region, meaning that you can try to pass on your experience, but nothing um, gives your players the experience they need than to say, here's what you're anticipating, here's what to look for, but, hey, you've met these kind of teams before. So think of, remember this point in history, remember when we played these guys, this is kind of what you're, you're, you're going to be encountering. So um, when, when we saw that our matchup was against them, um, I, I know a little bit about these feeders, and I, I was really looking forward to that game just because of their history and what they've done. Um, they, they were similar but different to other teams we've seen in the sense that they were very, very good at what they did, uh, and they did not look to change. And we are uh, somewhat okay at what we do, um, uh, and we were not uh, going to change how we played. Uh, we gave up, a, a, I think, the first goal because we were trying to play at the back again, uh, which seems to be the, the silly norm of us. But overall, the defeaters are, were an impressive side, um, Little guys with a lot of energy, and uh, they just would not—they just would not go away. But they were fun to play against. Uh, yeah, it sounded like that they were. You know, I have to ask you: um, the the town that you represent in the state of Tennessee, 
Um, what was that celebration like once the final whistle was blown after 120 minutes of time elapsed? Uh, how did your players feel? Uh, of course, yourself personally, uh, the front office of the club, or, and uh, the surrounding area. I mean, what was that celebration like once that final whistle blew and you knew you qualified for that Open Cup draw spot? Yeah, it, the celebration was huge. Um, it, it, we <laughs> we did the best we could to celebrate while while keeping our composure because we were still in the in the postseason of the UPSL uh, playoffs. So uh, it, it was uh, a two four celebration, a celebration of success, a celebration of making it to the Open Cup proper, but also um, realizing that the job is not done. Uh, that we've got to get back to work the next day and and improve ourselves again. So. It was a mixture of feelings. Um, the game ended. We celebrated. We went back to the locker room. We had our, our, our post-game chat, and uh, it was great job tonight. Um, get some rest. I'll see you guys tomorrow. So, <laughs> it, Absolutely. It was, it was totally no. <laughs> Oh, that's fine. No, absolutely <laughs> wonderful to hear that. That that's always great to hear. And uh, you know, we're we're very. I'm very happy, obviously, to see uh, some success on the amateur level. Now, obviously, uh, the first round will be played around the end of March. We'll wait when the draw date will be announced. But who would you like to face uh, in the Open Cup? first round obviously be either an NPSL team or a uh, USL2 team who have who have you had your eye on that you want to take on in the opening round and would you want to do it at home or would you want to do it on the road you know those are really good questions um as far as who would we like to play you know it doesn't really matter to me or the front office or the, the boys um we just want to perfect our craft. We want to be the best amateur team there is. We want to be the one team that we can look back and say, man, that team, boy, were they fun to watch. Uh, boy, were they entertaining. And they went as far as any other amateur team did uh, in the 2023 Open Cup proper. So as far as what teams to play, it, it, all the, for you to make it this far, Daniel, you have to be a good team or you have to have something unique about what you do and how you do it. So no one's going to come easy. Uh, we anticipate everyone uh, wants it as much as we do, if not more, if that's possible. Um, so I, I, it doesn't really matter who we meet. The goal for us is to continue to perfect our craft and to give the, the, the fans the same bar that we've set for ourselves, not just in the UPSL, but now in the Open Cup proper. If I can ask you this, did Sacramento Republic's run last year's tournament, does that give you uh, some inspiration? Uh, many, many years ago, Christos FC out of Maryland, just outside of Boyd's in Baltimore, uh, did that run inspire you as well to hopefully get into this Open Cup qualification rounds and finally qualifying for this tournament for 2023? Yes, sir, and and that's exactly where where we are at the moment. Uh, we want to be in those uh, elite teams or trailblazers or uh, folks that uh, they've set the bar for amateur teams to say, okay, they've gotten that far before. Why can't we do the same, if not more? So that that's that's the bar that we've set for ourselves, and that's the bar that we're aiming for. Now, everybody is really good at this point. All these all the teams are different. They're unique, like I've said, but. You know, for me personally, knowing the guys we have and knowing the commitment and knowing where we stand today, uh, I feel very good about the team we have, and I feel very good going forward uh, with the squad that we have. 
Absolutely, and you know what? We're going to be rooting for you. I can't wait to see who you'll be drawn with in the opening round. And then, of course, after that match, we'll wait and see what happens in the second round and who you'll be facing off against uh, in that one. Gift Nadam, head coach of Beeman United FC. Thank you so much, Gift, for joining me today, uh, tonight. Excuse me. I'm very glad that you were able to come on the show. I'm very glad to give you the platform that you deserve. And good luck in this Open Cup run, and hopefully it'll be a long-lasting one. Yeah, thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you to our fans. Thank you for the folks that have been supporting us. We've got almost a, a thousand followers or so now, uh, people watching us from different parts of the country, different parts of the planet. Um, thank you all so much, fans. We do this for you guys. We do this for our community. Um, thank you for the platform. Absolutely, and thank you once again. That's Gift Nadam, head coach of Beeman United FC out of Tennessee. And uh, it should be exciting to see what they're going to be doing when and who they'll face in the opening round after the draw happens. And when we get that date, we'll let you know here on the Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. Join me right now, uh, one of the players coming over inter San Francisco along the Bay Area. Joining me from that club who has qualified for the U.S. Open Cup is Mr. Tyler Wall joining me. Tyler, good evening. Welcome to the show. Congratulations for you and the club qualifying for the U.S. Open Cup and getting ready for that first round draw. Hey, Daniel. Yeah, good evening. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. And, uh, yeah, we're very excited about qualifying, and um, congrats to uh, Gift and Jeff Sides, too. Absolutely. If I can ask you this, look, we all know California has a solid, rich soccer history, whether it be in MLS or USL, even NPSL, USL League Two, of course. But um, if, I, if I can ask you this, what makes the San Francisco Bay Area so special when it comes to talented soccer players, football players, when they get on the field and attack each other for glory? Yeah, that's that's a really good question, and um, honestly, I'm probably not the best suited to answer this question because I, I moved to the Bay Area just a couple of years ago, um, but I, I've quickly been baptized into the soccer culture out here, and it's, it is interesting how um, I think maybe one of the answers is you just get guys from really all over the world. Um, that It's in our name, International San Francisco. We have a lot of guys from different countries. A lot of flavors and styles out there um, on the weekends playing in the SFSFL League. Um, so you get to see a little bit of everything. Uh, and guys bring a lot of good experience. You've got a lot of good colleges in the Bay Area, um, uh, some good pro leagues in, um, uh, in, in and around the Bay Area as well. And it seems like it just all comes together and, you know, good competition breeds uh, good players and good teams, I think. Now, I have to ask you this because as soon as you qualified for the Open Cup, you were already a internet sensation locally on the uh, regional NBC San Francisco TV network on the regular 11 <laughs> o'clock news. Your club was already a news story qualifying for the U.S. Open Cup. What does that mean to you to see that the local affiliates, whether it be NBC, ABC, CBS, or even Fox – does a story on your club, your, you and your fellow teammates and your head coach to go out there to talk about this run that you've made? Yeah, it's super special. Um, you know, like it's something we've been working on uh, ever since our inaugural season, 2021, to qualify for the U.S. Open Cup. 
Um, we were one qualifying round away from doing it last year. Um, and since then, we've, we've gotten uh, better. We've gotten some better talent. We've learned to play better together. And, um, and to see all that pay off and to be acknowledged and recognized in the Bay Area um, for something that, you know, you're really doing just for the love of the game and just, you know, being able to play with some, some guys you enjoy playing with, um, seeing that acknowledged on a wider scale is, is super cool. And um, also it doesn't hurt that you can kind of, you know, send that to your friends and your family. And, um, you know, like I was saying earlier, a lot of us are kind of transplants. So um, maybe our families and friends aren't all in the Bay Area. It's cool for, you know, for their purposes, just keeping tabs on us and seeing how we're doing. Absolutely. And of course, let's not forget in four years time or three and a half years time, we should say the World Cup is coming back to the United States. And of course, you'll have some matches where the 49ers play over at Levi Stadium. So, you know, San Francisco, one of the top areas in all of the United States getting big time World Cup matches, especially in those group stages. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. It's, it's exciting for sure. Um, you know, it's, Definitely, I feel like you can feel the buzz in the air. Um, you just the last World Cup concluding and knowing that the next one's going to be here, I think that buzz is just going to continue for the next couple of years. And, you know, soccer in the Bay Area is probably just going to get better over the next few years because of it. Now, I have to ask you this because let me say this right now because I want to review these uh, qualification games you guys played. Um, I mean, my goodness, to me, it looked like you guys were just a giant buzzsaw cutting up your opponents left and right and all over the place. It's like you wasted no time to put them on the floor and basically just stepping all over them, getting to that open cup uh, qualification position for that first round draw. I mean, September qualification match. Round one, Marion County, United SC, a 5-0 victory. I mean, what was that magic like to just go right through them like it was like nothing? Yeah, I know. It's been something we've been looking forward to since 2021 ended, um, just getting back into a qualifying round for the U.S. Open Cup. Um, so, you know, we we were kind of chomping at the bit for that one. Um since 2021 had ended, we, we got some good players on, on the squad, um, guys with, with former pro experience. Um, and uh, having them at trainings uh, over that year just, like, raised everyone's game. Um, so as a team, we, I think everyone raised their game, and we, we learned to gel together. So going into that game, I think all of us were feeling pretty good. Um, and then when you throw, in, throw into that mix uh, just the, the type of style Amir likes our team to play, which is a kind of a high press, high energy, um, kind of tough, um, like defensively, uh, like mindsetted team. I, I think that's just always going to result in a lot of goals. Um, so we were happy that it paid off that way in that first round for sure. And of course, uh, you remain in the state of California as you took on Real San Jose on the road, and that was a 4-0 victory in October in that second rounder. Once again, you just found a way to just play strong defense, and you just basically buzzsawed your way through this qualification match. Yeah, that 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 uh, game was um, one we were looking forward to because we played Real San Jose in 2021. It was actually our first ever U.S. Open Cup game 
as a club in 2021. That was our first round qualifying game. We we ended up winning in the final minutes in 2021. Um, oh, it was absolutely. a very close game. Could have could have gone either way. And then um, you know 2022, um, we went down to their field in San Jose. Uh, the field was in wasn't in great condition. We were used to playing on turf, so maybe a few of us were a little uh, shaky on that. Uh, but yeah, we showed up really well. Um, just continued to play our style, and uh, obviously it, it it paid off well too. Uh-huh. And you know what? You're taking on um, Davis Legacy in November in that third round qualification. Obviously, Davis Legacy, one of the historical uh, big amateur so- amateur club sides in all of California. But you handled them very strongly, 5-0 against Davis Legacy. Boy, I got to tell you, that must have been a pretty darn good matchup for you guys. It felt great, yeah. And um, I think what was surprising for us, at least, is uh, we we were home on that game, and uh, like game time came and went, and they only had uh, eight guys there. So we actually played them eleven v eight. It's surprising it wasn't more than five nil. Actually, it took us a little while to get a goal on on the score sheet, um, considering they only had eight guys, but they really packed it in there. uh, You know, playing that type of style because they only had eight eight guys out there um but we were able to break through and then i think once once one went in it was kind of a domino effect and and then we were able to score pretty easily after that now i have to ask you this because uh on twitter as you know they have the spaces chat uh and me and some other colleagues of mine that covers the u.s open cup uh, following the U.S. Open Cup, your final round uh, qualifier on the road in Nevada against Battleborn FC, uh, and that was a 5-1 victory for your guys. Your teammate, uh, Pierre Hicks, telling us there was some shenanigans going on over there with Battleborn FC as they were hosting you guys. Uh, how was that to avoid all those shenanigans while putting on a hell of a performance and clinching that open cup draw to qualify for that 2023 tournament. Uh, yeah, it felt, it felt really good. Um, shenanigan wise, I think that was just, uh, it's another way of saying that was a very contentious game and both teams knew that it was a win and you're in type situation. Um, adding into that, the fact that it was about 15 degrees out there and, uh, the field was icy and snowy. Um, we didn't get a locker room, actually, uh, which I guess is a violation of the U.S. Open Cup bylaws or something like that. Um, they had one over there, so we were just freezing um, the entire game. That just added fuel to the fire for us. Um, so we went out there just playing our game like like always. Um, but, you know, that was a very tough team. Uh, I think the, that game we saw the most yellows uh, saw a red card out there too out of any of our qualifying rounds um so we, we were super happy to pull that one off uh out, i guess out of that whole game uh the one like disappointing thing was we really wanted to go through all the qualifying rounds without giving up one goal uh they they were able to squeak squeak uh squeak one in on us off of a free kick but we're, we're definitely proud to say that um no team scored on us from the run of play during qualifying rounds so we're hoping to take that into March, and um, hopefully it'll lead to the same type of thing. 
I think we all know what the terminology is, but this is a professional show, sir. We will not say the word here, but <laughs> but um, <laughs> obviously <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, you know who are who are you going to be? Uh, obviously, we you know the draw has not been announced yet. We don't know which teams will be representing NPSL on the West Coast or USL League Two, but you know. Are you excited to take on these clubs, and, and who would you want to face off against, and would you rather face them at home, or would you want to go on the road to start off uh, on this 2023 tournament? Yeah, um, honestly, I, my answer is probably it's boring, but it's going to be like uh, Gibbs and Jeff. I, I don't think we really care who we play. Um, we would prefer to play at home, uh, you know, the, like playing in the Bay Area. Um, we, you know, we're, we're very comfortable over here. Um, but, uh, you know, in addition to that, I think just, um, like the, uh, just the, the idea of traveling again, like we did to Nevada, it's not something we're looking forward to, but eventually it'll happen. I think out of any of the teams we could play, um, I, me personally, I'd be excited to play El, El Faralito, just knowing their, their pedigree and their history in the U S open cup. And, um, actually it's funny because the place we practice out here in the Bay Area on um, Tuesday nights, uh, El Farolito is out there practicing too. So, you know, like a lot of us are kind of keeping, like checking them out, seeing seeing what they're up to. And, you know, we've never actually played them in a formal game. So that would be a very cool matchup in the first round, um, seeing like really if we can hang with uh, with with teams that are, you know, have, have that type of history and that type of pedigree. Now, I have to ask you this, because you did play in the state of Nevada, and we all know about Vegas and Reno and all those fun places. Did you guys hit the casino to celebrate this victory, or did you just drive back home and celebrate it back in San Francisco? We we definitely thought long and hard about that. Uh, no, but it was 15 degrees out there. We were <laughs> at a high school for our game. So I think uh, all of us just got into our cars and just hit the road right away. Um, also, part of the shenanigans Pierre mentioned uh, was after the game, they were heckling us. They were heckling a few of the players and throwing stuff at us. So just like, yeah, more more reason to get the heck out of there and uh, celebrate back back at home in the Bay, which was fun. Fun, too. But the casino no, I bet it was. probably would have been a little funner. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Why not? Uh, go with a dinner and a show. Why not? And then go spend it on the tables. Go for it. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But um, I I guess my final question to you is this. Uh, Once you find out uh, when the draw date will be done and, you know, who you'll be paired off against, what's that feeling going to be like when you finally find out uh, who your opponent will be? And what, what, and what is, um, you know, the front office is feeling right now uh, with the way you guys have performed in these qualification rounds? Uh, I think it'll be more of the same once we find out who we're playing. Honestly, it's it's going to be uh, you know we're, we're focused right now. Our, our practices in 2023 kicked off um, you know early early in January, and it, we're just kind of picking up where we left off after Nevada. Um, everyone's focused out there, good energy. We're rested up. We're ready to go. Um, so not much is going to change as far as that. Uh, but as once we do find out the, the squad we're going to be facing. I'm sure we'll do a lot of reconnaissance and all that stuff, um, learning about their players and seeing what the matchups are like and, uh, you know, 
develop a game strategy accordingly. Um, front office, their feelings are just, you know, anxious, excited, probably like every emotion you can think of. Um, Amir Durabi, who, you know, president, founder, started this in 2021, coach, sometimes player. Um, he's, he, he's super excited, super passionate about this. He's been his dream for a long time. So I, I can't speak for him, but I'm sure he is just feeling every emotion right now, and he can't wait to see what that draw is going to be like. Absolutely. Tyler, listen, thank you for your time. I truly appreciate it. Good luck in the Open Cup first round, uh, whoever you face off against. It should be a lot of fun. Obviously, a lot of eyes will be on Inter San Francisco, and it should be exciting. You have a good night, and good luck. All right. You too, Daniel. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. That is Tyler uh, Wall from Inter San Francisco joining me tonight on this show to recapping the Open Cup qualification rounds of the 2023 U.S. Open Cup. My final guest tonight, back to the state of California, as we're going to have on the head coach of Capistrano FC, of course, also known as Capo FC. It is head coach Pete Carey joining me tonight to talk about his club. Coach Pete? Congratulations on reaching the U.S. Open Cup first round draw. Congratulations on the qualification spot, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, When that final whistle was blown, what did that mean to you, your players, the front office, and all the fans that have, you know, watched your side take on all these amateur clubs, uh, you know, not just in your regular season league, but of course, uh, during this amazing trek to perform in the U.S. Open Cup? Well, it was an important win for us. I mean, last year we got knocked out in that final game um, at the same point, which was uh, deflating because I thought we were the the better team and just didn't capitalize on our opportunities. And it was a bit deflating and we... um, you know, we, we had to face OCFC, who's a, who's a good team. They're tough to beat. Yeah, that's a tough team. So it was uh, obviously very exciting for us and a huge accomplishment. Oh, I bet it was. And so happy to see you guys finally reaching to that big, big uh, position to take one of the nine Open Cup qualification spots uh, after four months of qualification uh, rounds moving on into uh, that first round draw. And for those of us that are not familiar uh, with your club, especially where it's located, Capistrano, is that uh, the name of a town in California, or is that uh, something to do with a historical area in that town? Uh, we're in San Juan Capistrano, which is in Southern California. And that's closer to Los Angeles or San Diego? We're in Orange County, so I would say we're right in between L.A. and San Diego. Okay. So you're in that hotbed of all these clubs in Orange County uh, that you got to probably face night in and night out. And, and for those of us, you know, we all know what the Galaxy has done, Los Angeles FC has done, San Diego, San Diego Loyal Course under Landon Donovan, uh, who will soon be um, – going into the U.S. into the Stalker Hall of Fame in Frisco, Texas. But how, how big is the talent in Southern California when it comes to the amateur clubs in your area, especially in Orange County? Well, it's, 
it's huge. It's a huge pool. There's, I would go as far as saying that our area of Southern California is probably the hotbed of soccer for the country. I mean, we, we play year round. You got talent from LA to San Diego and it's, it's just overwhelming. I mean, you get players that are good enough to play pro and kind of go back and forth between some of these kind of like amateur teams or pro like the NISA level or the USL level. And then um, guys that are fighting the way, get their way up. And so it's a revolving door of talent out here. And uh, you know, those that work the hardest get it. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. And you got uh, riches upon riches of talented players coming through those doors. Uh, how difficult is it? Or, yeah, should I say, when, when you get, you know, tryouts for some of these big players that come over, you know, whether they're high school, maybe even college, maybe AYSO, I mean, depending on what you see every day, how tough is it to, you know – you, you you bring in the players that you think can make it, but then again, you might want to bring another player over, but he just doesn't make the cut. Like how how difficult is that for you for tryouts? Well, I mean, we're kind of unique compared in that in that aspect. Of my, I should say because we, we formed this club, we formed our team based off our youth club. We got a youth soccer club here that we've had since 2016, and a lot of those graduating players that went off to college or graduated from college, wanted us to put this team together to compete in some of the leagues. And we started having a lot of success with uh, in the U- UPSL. And, we, you know, we had some success in NISA, in the NISA Nation League. And so that's kind of where we got the pool of our players from our youth club. So we didn't really have to have a bunch of trials. And since we were having that success, just talent kind of came to us. So we're not – we don't have, like, a ton of trials and do all that. We just – Basically, we're working with our kids from our from our from our uh, our youth club that have kind of grown into this age, and the talents kind of come to us um, through some of those guys, their friends that they played college with, and just some of the local boys, and um, yeah, it's just bubbled up. I mean, it's difficult at this point now because we've got so many guys coming out, and we can't really take, we can't carry, you know, obviously we can't carry that many players, so it becomes uh, competitive. And, you know, we'll bring guys, we'll take a look, and if we think they're at the level, we'll, we'll take them. And if the guys that aren't um, that are at the level but can't match the commitment, can't show up to trainings and stuff like that, it's uh, we release them. So sometimes it works itself out. Sometimes we have to have those tough conversations with players that it's probably not the best fit for them or us. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and go into recapping your qualification matches. Now, before we even get to some of these matches, um, you were able to advance out of the first round because apparently Orange County Kings forfeited in their first rounder with you and you moved ahead to the second round. How difficult is that? And have you experienced that, um, I guess, not enough players are available for you to uh, have a competitive match or is it something else? We actually played that game and won that game. But they had to take a forfeit in – I, I don't know exactly what the reason was. Um, I believe it had to do something with their roster or roster issues or getting players roster. I honestly don't know the details, but uh, we played that game and we won that game. And uh, But technically they had to take the forfeit either way. Uh, but So we did get to play that game. So um, the experience was on for us there, and um, we had some success that game. We did really well. The um, second round – was it the second? 
No, I'm sorry. The second we drew Laguna, Laguna United, and they're a tough team. And we yeah. had, um, yeah, and they gave us a battle. We, I think we won that game 3-1, I, I don't know. If, I, I'm, I apologize. I don't have that in front of me. But, uh, but, you know, 4-1, actually. I have it right in front of me. Yeah, 4-1. And, you know, they're a tough team, good good program. And I know their coach and some of their players. And um, that was an exciting win for us. And it was the third game that we were in route to their field for the game that they had to cancel because they didn't have uh, enough players to uh, field the team. And that was the third round, which uh, was a bit unfortunate. No, it really was. And, uh, you know, I really, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy you guys advanced to the final round of qualification in December. But obviously you'd love to have a game, and uh, we'd love to see a game happen. But um, we get to December and you're taking on Orange County FC, uh, I think one of the tougher opponents, uh, especially the way they were able to play in these past Open Cup uh, tournaments, especially under uh, former U.S. international Paul Caligiuri, who was over there. A scoreless draw through regulation and extra time, and you just beat them after five rounds, three of penalties, 3-2 in favor of Capo FC. That must have been a huge huge victory and a fantastic feeling for you and all your players. Yeah, obviously they're a very strong team and um, we've played them in the past and we knew that that game was going to be difficult for us. And I think we actually started the game quite well. We came out early and looked really good on the ball and actually started quite well and created some, some, some chances, but you know, as the game went on, they found some good momentum and they had us on our back foot. And, um, I mean, there was a, a weather of set pieces we had to defend at one point, and it just felt like the goal was coming, but we, we got through it, which was nice. And then we, I think as the kind of game went on, it started coming a little bit more direct for both teams, just kind of like a back and forth looking for that opportunity. But, I mean, they have players on there that are very dangerous, and it was uh, it was definitely uh, an exciting match. And to, to pull that off and to, to get through and get the penalty, the win in penalties was – was sweet. It was the same day as the World Cup final, so everybody was kind of in the mood, and um, yeah, man, we just were. Um, it was just our night, so good stuff for us, definitely. Let me. Uh, no, absolutely. Let me ask you this, and, and I'm just curious to know for my own uh, for my own curiosity. Obviously, I mean, I've talked to these amateur uh, managers. It doesn't matter where they are in the U.S., but you know, they get nervous when it's a 4-4, four, four, like 8 goals, 9 goals, 10 goals situation, and you got to go into extra time, and then it goes into penalties. But, you know, when it's a scoreless draw, I mean, how much agita do you have in your technical area to manage this? Because, obviously, you don't want to allow the mistake that could knock you out from qualifying into the Open Cup. Yeah, I think it just – I mean, ultimately, it's just um... – the players just have to be engaged, and it's almost like the first team to make a mistake is going to lose the game. And so the level of concentration, ha- concentration has to be at its highest. These guys have to really do the work on both ends. Um, so you, I mean, it's very easy for players to get excited when they're attacking, you know, going to goal, trying to get opportunities. But to match that work rate, enthusiasm, and, and defend the same way they do attack is what was um, is what's going to get you through in those moments because. The other team's coming at you with the same type of uh, desire, trying to get that goal. So you have to defend a little greater than that, um, what they bring. And I think that's where, um, 
you'll find the success in those kind of games. But it did feel like that. It felt like the first team to score was going to win it. And um, at one point, I think they had a penalty. And that I think that it just – everybody kind of had a feeling like, oh, there it is, game over. It was probably within the last minute of the game. And then, um, you know, lo and behold, it, the guy was offside. So it was an offside call before he uh, – before the penalty came. And that was probably the most, uh, ner- you know, nerve-wracking moment of the game. So, yeah, man. Yeah, that's really exciting to hear. Uh, so, obviously, uh, first round draw, once we get that announced by U.S. Soccer, we'll find out uh, when uh, that draw date will be. And who would you like to face in the opening round? Obviously, you got clubs uh, uh, coming from USL League 2, from the NPSL. Who would you like to face, and would you like to face them at home or on the road? Um, honestly, I don't care who we, we play. Um Less travel is best for us. You know, we've been doing a lot of road trips lately. If we can stay close to home or play at home, then that's excellent. I honestly don't uh, care who we play. We're, we're trying to uh, play the best teams we can. If I, you know, we want to play the highest level team we can get get to, just to uh, test ourselves and you know, obviously chase the dream. So it doesn't matter who who we draw. We're, we're not. You know, I'm sure some of the boys and people are focused on that. I honestly don't care who we draw. I, I would, if it was up to me, we'd play the toughest thing they could throw at us. Just to, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, so how far you can take it, how high of a level team can you beat, how, you know. So, I'm, we're just looking for the challenge. I'm looking for the biggest challenge we can get, and, um, you know, we want to try to uh, surprise some people. You know, shake things up. That's what we're trying to do. So, it's wide open for me, man. I could care less who they who they put us against at this point. That's great to hear, and obviously you're ready to go. And I know I cannot wait to see who you're going to face off against and uh, in that opening round draw, and uh, it should be a lot of fun here. Um, when you defeated Orange County FC, uh, what was that like for uh, your fans, the front office, for the entire club in the area? Uh, what was that feeling like for you when, when you finally heard that final or that final kick went past the goalkeeper to win this? Well, I mean, it was very exciting. Everyone was super happy. We've been doing well with getting good crowds at our games. And with our youth club, a lot of those kids are coming and watching uh, and supporting uh, what we call our senior team. So, um, yeah, it was great for the whole community and for our environment. We're more of a community-style club. You know, we've got about 400 kids in our youth club, so and a lot of this stems from that. So I think it was, it was great for – I mean, we got little brothers that play in the youth club that their older brothers playing on the team and – I think those things are are um, special moments, and I think for you know our small town in Orange County in San Juan Capistrano, I think we're uh, we're shaking things up in our community and, and giving these kids something to look up to and, and be part of a, a special little uh, ride that we're taking them down. So that was good for everybody, and we're excited to keep it going. Absolutely. Coach P. Carey, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on uh, qualifying for the 2023 U.S. Open Cup. Good luck in the opening round draw, and uh, hopefully you'll go on a run. I'll talk to you next time. Have a good night, and thank you once again. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it as well. Once again, Coach P. Carey of Capistrano FC, Capo FC, as they will now await their opponent in the opening round draw. And when U.S. Soccer will announce that date for the opening round draw, we will bring it to you 
here on the Four Year Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. I want to thank my guests tonight. Once again, Jeff Thompson of UDA Soccer in New Mexico, Gift Nadam of Beeman United FC in Tennessee, Inter San Francisco's Tyler Wall, and Capo FC's head coach Pete Carey, both of those who are from California. Join me this Saturday night for post-match as the U.S. Men's National Team will host Columbia at the Dignity Health Sports Complex Stadium in Carson, California. My name's Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. And thank you for your understanding uh, for allowing me to bring you this show. Once again, I apologize for the issues on Tuesday. Glad to finally get the show off the ground and have it for you to talk about the winners of the 2023 U.S. Open Cup qualification round. Once again, those teams are uh, who won the U.S. Adult Soccer Association Championship, Milwaukee Bavarian United, Chicago House AC, Club de Leon 2 from Florida, UDA Soccer of New Mexico, Inter San Francisco, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, Capo FC of California, Westchester United of Pennsylvania, Lansdowne Yonkers FC in New York, Beeman United FC in Texas and Miami, excuse me, of Tennessee, and Miami United FC out of Florida. Once again, my name is Daniel Feuerstein. You have a good evening. Take care so long. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye-bye for now. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.